If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 82 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on the 7th day of February in the year 2021. Now let's get things started by giving our shoutouts to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves Radio, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9. And know what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave and check out their website, RecklessAirwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, GruntTalksMLB.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias, at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9 for always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. Also, don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees. And you could do this by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram, at MikeScuds97. And also be sure to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four platforms it's available on. And those four would be YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and last but not least, SoundCloud. Well, I am very glad that yet another Sunday is here. Episode 82 today, Yankees pitchers and catchers report in only about a week and a half as baseball continues to get closer and closer. You got the Super Bowl tonight. I'm probably not going to release this episode until after the game, so later tonight. But it's good to finally have this Sunday arrive. Not only because of those reasons that I just mentioned, especially because of there being another Yapping Yankees episode today, of course, and baseball getting closer, but also because I'm thrilled that this past week is over. Because, for starters, the snow. (laughs) The snow that we got slammed with earlier in the week by where I live left me in complete misery, as always. And I'm actually looking at its snow even more right now, as I'm recording in the midday. So, I guess it actually puts a damper on today, but we're not supposed to get nearly as much today as we did earlier this past week. So, I guess it's not completely the end of the world. (laughs) 
It just makes me sick looking at it. If you know much of anything about me, you know the hatred I have for the winter, the snow, the cold, all of it. But that's just one reason, not even having to do with baseball. <laughs> as far as baseball, though, Yankees news for starters to be specific, another reason I'm thrilled that this past week is over is that there was little to nothing at all in Yankees news from this past week, so Yankees news should be quick today. Pretty slow this week. Not fun when news is a snooze fest. Also, there's the Trevor Bauer nonsense. Just gotta get this off my chest. But that also continued on with his ridiculous contract that he honestly isn't worth a fraction of, if you ask me. As I've even said in the past, particularly when he first announced his asking price, while I and many others were talking about him possibly being a Yankee someday, you might remember that. At which point you might also recall me saying that you can basically forget about that. <laughs> Because not only was his asking price definitely not in the Yankees' budget with the luxury tax threshold, even before they made any other moves, not saying they can't afford it, we know they can, they're the Yankees, but they've had their budget this offseason, their line that they want to remain under, that $210 million threshold. But also, even outside of all of that, he's also just not worth nearly that much. It's a gross overpay in itself. Plus, just the whole circus in general about his signing had just become exhausting. It had been going on all off-season long. And to me personally, and you guys know this, I don't really even have an issue with him at all. But the whole thing just became really annoying to me. And I know that a lot of people feel the same way. Feel however you want about him personally, by all means. But to me, even professionally the last few months, everything with him has just been insufferable. All of that coinciding with the incompetence of so many frauds out there who consider themselves to be respectable reporters somehow. I have no idea why anybody, absolutely anybody, takes some of these dopes seriously. Like that moron Bob Nightingale, just to name one prematurely saying that Bauer agreed with the Mets back on Thursday night, and then Bauer ended up going to the Dodgers on Friday. <laughs> and again, for an absurd amount of money, $40 million for 2021, and $45 million, 45 for 2022. Highest paid player in baseball. That's ridiculous. Neither Garrett Cole nor Jacob deGrom, both pitchers infinitely better than Bauer, and a couple of top arms in the game in general, aren't making that much. And neither does anyone else. And he's not even the Dodgers' best pitcher either. And he's making boatloads more than everybody. So does that mean all the other arms around baseball who are better than Bauer are going to be able to make like 55 or 60 million per year in the near future? It's crazy. And I know financial inflation is a thing too as time passes, but you get what I'm saying. Come on. If Trevor Bauer can do that, have a short-term contract but worth an ungodly amount of money each year, then who's to stop anybody else who's been in the league for nine years and in those nine years has only had an ERA under 418 twice, one of those seasons being last year in a 60-game season, from doing that too? No one, I guess, right? But I mean, hey, on the other side of things... Bauer himself and his agent, both of them, deserve credit for being as amazing as they are at marketing him, taking advantage of the market, and getting anybody to pay him that ungodly amount of money, honestly. So, good for them, and the Dodgers too. Because Trevor's still good, of course. No one's saying he's not. 
And it's evident that the Dodgers don't care how much money they spend. Brian Cashman said that this season the Yankees would have the highest payroll in baseball. That's no longer the case now. The Dodgers are going to have the highest. So they obviously don't care how much they have to spend. More power to them, I guess. But my God in heaven, is his contract an overpay? You can't tell me it's not. You're just as crazy as Bauer's contract if you think it's not an overpay. So that whole mess continued on throughout this past week, but finally that's over as of Friday when he finally signed with the Dodgers, but I guess that could also be looked at as a positive since it's over now as of Friday, but my god, am I ecstatic that the Bauer saga is finally over. Again, I'm not going to pretend like there wasn't a time where I also would have liked for him to be a Yankee, but as I said earlier, then he announced his asking price, which is quite similar to what he ended up getting, which again... More power to him for that. Credit to him and his agent. But both because of the Yankees' budget that they're so determined to stay under, and Trevor Bauer's worth himself as a pitcher, my days of thinking there was any chance of him becoming a Yankee ended promptly. So again, thank God that whole thing is over. And also, another thing, there was the 154-game proposal for the 2021 season reported at the end of my show when it first surfaced last Sunday, if you remember. It just came out when I was towards the end of the recording. Be sure to go back and listen to last week's episode if you missed it. But that proposal was rejected, as I predicted it would be at the time. And that's not a bad thing. I'm actually happy about that, obviously. But it's just more crap going on, with Major League Baseball still just deciding things on a whim at the last minute, with spring training just around the corner. But it's just a lot with baseball in general. Just annoying that it was even still a discussion with everybody reporting to their respective spring camps in the next week and a half or two. But anyway, with the proposal rejection, baseball is officially, as anticipated, starting on time. Now this is obviously very big news, you gotta mention this. It was announced that spring training facilities are opening on the 17th across baseball. Our Yanks are set to have their pitchers and catchers report then as well, with workouts for them starting on the 18th at the Yankees Player Development Complex, which is where all of their workouts will be held, the pitchers and catchers. Everyone else, the full squad of position players, will follow by having their annual physicals on the 22nd, followed by their workouts beginning on the 23rd at George M. Steinbrenner Field, which is where all of their workouts will be held as spring training starts up. And again, all of this news came out after that 154-game proposal was rejected. And then, after all of that, as I mentioned months ago, four days after that, on the 27th, will be their first spring training game against the Tigers. I know, it's fast approaching. And after that, the big day. Opening day will be April 1st. It cannot get here fast enough. I'm dying here. So all of that information revealed after the rejection of that 154-game proposal. And my God, was that great to hear. So that was a big positive from this past week. But the negative about it, again, was just me saying that all of this is just going on on a whim. Continued decisions just being made at the last minute. Although they do have until opening day to make these choices about what's going to be taking place as far as this season's concerned. But these are big decisions being made when pitchers and catchers are reporting in merely a week and a half. So just another example of baseball just really dragging on a process. It would have been much better if these announcements were made a long time ago so people could properly prepare. But I think we all know the league probably could not care less about that. 
So the positive, everything is starting on time. No senselessly cutting eight games off the schedule and making the season shorter while all other sports are going on, delaying the season for a month and chopping eight games off the schedule, which is give or take about a week, a week and a half worth of time. Like, come on, just start on time. You start on time, you also finish earlier. So minus the rejection of the Universal DH that came along with the rejection of the proposal overall, because I do think it's time to enforce the Universal DH, as do many others, minus the Universal DH not coming back for now, I am glad that the proposal was rejected and everything's starting on time. The negative, the lack of the Universal DH at least for now, and the fact that these decisions are still even being made, with spring training just around the corner. As I said last week when I broke the news about the 154-game proposal at the end of last week's episode, Major League Baseball, let's get our ducks in a row already. But that's not all as far as important Major League Baseball updates from this past week. Now, as far as the changes to the game that have been spoken about, just wanted to address this quickly. All important stuff, obviously, pertaining to this upcoming season. Like seven-inning doubleheaders, runner on second and extras, and all of those wonderful changes, he said with the most sarcasm possible, those are still up in the air. Still no universal DH or expanded postseason, though, as of this moment, as I also said last week, even before the 154-game delayed start to the season proposal. But also, with the proposal being rejected, as I also said just before when I was talking about the universal DH, there still is no universal DH or expanded postseason, since that proposal actually included the universal DH and expanded postseason, as I said last Sunday when I spoke about it. It would have been a 14-team postseason, but again, the union rejected all of that. And as of right now, they're just heading into the season under the current CBA. Which, of course, is the way we remember things the way they were in 2019, for instance. So, as of this moment, to the best of everyone's knowledge, none of these rules we saw last year in the shortened season are in place for 2021. Not even runners on second in extras or seven-inning doubleheaders, as I had originally said last week. My bad there. But those two are likely to come back, if I had to say. Even if they're not official as of this moment, I do think it's likely they come back for this season. I'd honestly be surprised if they didn't, given the circumstances. The DH and expanded postseason, however, are another story. Because as I also said last week, those two, the Universal DH and Expanded Postseason, seem to be grouped together in these talks. And I really don't think the Union wanted the Expanded Postseason, so unfortunately since they rejected that, they also at the same time rejected the Universal DH. So those probably won't be back for this season if I had to say, but I could be wrong. Again, they have until opening day to decide all of this. And quite frankly, with the way this league operates, and again, like I said earlier too, we've seen for a while now how this league operates. I mentioned it as a negative earlier, and it definitely is a negative. Everything is up to the last minute. Not even just now with all of this, but we also saw it firsthand last July how the league operates with this. And the instance I speak of that you may remember is when some of these rules were implemented for the shortened season literally on opening night when the Yanks and Nats kicked off the 2020 season. Literally on opening night, they were announcing these changes when the season was just getting underway. <laughs> you can't make it up. And who knows? It could very well take up until around opening day again for all we know. Or maybe opening day itself like it did last July. So, who knows, but regardless, I will obviously be right here on this show to update you on any decision that's to be made between now and then. But again, although none are officially happening for 2021 at this very moment, if I had to use my magical predictions here, I'd say that we won't be getting the Universal DH or Expanded Postseason this year. 
Even as someone who wants the universal DH, I just don't see it happening because, as I said earlier, it seems to be all or nothing. That and the expanded postseason seems to be grouped together. And if you're the players' union and you don't want the expanded postseason, then that apparently means, unfortunately, that you would also be rejecting the universal DH. So, I don't see either of those coming back. But there is a very good chance we see seven-inning doubleheaders again to aid with the likely postponements due to the virus that'll probably be happening throughout the season, I assume. Likely going to be lots of doubleheaders, so they'll probably enforce that this season for that reason. And just to ensure they don't spend as much time on the field during the virus playing crazy long extra inning games, they'll probably enforce the runner on second and extra innings rule too. So that's my prediction as far as the rule changes, and those are the reasons of why I feel those two rules will be back for this season. But as of this moment, again, none of them are in place. And also, before opening day, the league also has to decide on new health and safety protocols with the normal schedule, regular start time. It's going to be a full season, unlike last season, and they have a lot to decide. So that's even more on their plate. And another reason why they also have to decide on these protocols is because they also hope that they could have certain capacity crowds in stadiums, whether it be like 25%, 30%, or even as high as 50% in some places. I assume it's also going to depend on the individual states and the rules or restrictions they have in place individually. They already have the masks and the social distancing and what's required or not required to get into the stadium. They already have all of those in place. But there's more to decide on, like the amount of people, considering what each state prefers. But they're going to be trying even more this season than they did last season, obviously. And with a much longer schedule, since it's a regular 162-game schedule like we know of. And as some people have also said, those protocols that they have to decide on, particularly with all the players and the staffs around the game, could have an effect on scheduling, roster sizes, and other things too. So the league still has work to do, to say the least. But not to worry, because again, anything and everything they decide, you will hear it right here on the show. Wanted to give another quick update on all of that. Definitely important as it impacts everybody, not even just the Yankees. The whole sport at large, obviously, so very important. As I said last week at the end of that episode, though, and as I've said today, too, I just wish they'd decide already, because spring training is still just around the corner, and it'd be nice for everyone to know what the hell is going on. But by all means, Major League Baseball, take your time. By all means, take your sweet-ass time. <laughs> but yes, basically because of all of that, most of which I just really wanted to bring up to get off my chest, especially the Bauer crap, or if it was just important information like MLB's plans for the season, regardless, I'm glad that Sunday is just finally here. <laughs> Another Yapping Yankees episode, baseball's getting closer, and despite Yankees news being slow this past week, a fun episode you will get today. And I've all of a sudden turned into Yoda for a second there. I think I'm losing it, guys. <laughs> but anyway, let's get right into it and have some fun, huh? We'll begin with this week's poll on Twitter and Instagram that'll serve as today's main Yankees topic, as it often does, an appropriate question with the offseason coming to a close, and then we'll run through the quick Yankees news segment for this week, having to do with another depth move out in the bullpen that could work out nicely? Could? We'll see. And there's also some follow-up news regarding the status of Gio Urshela after his elbow surgery a couple of months ago to remove those bone spurs that gave him a bit of trouble last season. So let's dive right in. This week's poll question is, do you think the Yankees are done making moves for this offseason? And of course, give your thoughts below for a chance at a shout-out on the show. 
regardless of your answer, but especially if you picked the second option. And those two options are first, yes, you think they are done making moves, and no. And if you selected no, I wanted you to comment other potential moves that you see them making. But even if you said yes, you could still leave your thoughts below, of course. Not barring anybody from giving their thoughts just because of their choice on the poll. But in any event, as far as my opinion on this, truthfully... I think the only other move the Yankees might have in store at this point is maybe trying to get Brett Gardner back for cheap. I've said it many, many times for weeks on end now, if Gardner were to come back, I do not want it to be an expensive deal. It can't be. Given how much more the Yankees have to work with on their payroll before crossing that $210 million threshold, which I believe they have anywhere from like 7 to $10 million left to work with, so maybe around like $9 million. I'm pretty sure it's like 9 But even outside of the payroll, Brett Gardner's just not worth spending like 9 or $10 million on for this upcoming season. The guy deserves his end in pinstripes in front of the fans the way that he deserves to be for being the longest tenured Yankee up to this point. It's crazy to constantly think that he is the last one from that 2009 World Series team that I remember so well. He's been here through thick and thin, and he does deserve that end. But it has to be at a reasonable price, just for the betterment of the team, too. And to me, at this stage in his career, and even where the outfield is at with Clint Frazier really taking that next step, especially in the eyes of the Yankees, the Yankees are just ready for Clint Frazier to just take over. And although he is also a lefty bat, he's just not worth much more than $3 million maybe. So if the contract were to be like one year, two or three million, I'd say that it's fine and I would be totally cool with bringing Brett Gardner back. And he would get to have that end to his career that I feel he deserves. And right now, I do think that it's very possible the Yankees are still talking to him and trying to get a deal of that nature agreed upon. So bringing Brett Gardner back, hopefully at a very team-friendly price, is basically the last move I would envision the Yankees doing. Outside of that, I personally don't see them doing anything else. I know, obviously, the 40-man roster needs to be attended to. There's still another spot that needs to be cleared up for Darren O'Day to go onto the roster, but I'm more talking about moves externally, like getting a free agent or maybe doing another trade. And hey, if you think they have another trade in store and that trade has to do with them clearing a roster spot at the same time, then fine, that counts. But of course, internally, clearing up that roster spot, that's a given. You have to have your set 40-man roster, and if there's any more than that, if it's over-congested and you need one more spot to fit another guy, obviously you have to do something about that, whether it be DFAing someone or maybe making a trade, but outside of that, I really just meant more, like, externally. I mean, maybe they make another depth move, or they could be looking at yet another reliever that could still be available, who knows. But me personally, I think that outside of possibly bringing Brett Gardner back on a very team-friendly deal, this Yankee team that you see is what we're going to be riding into the season with. Those are my thoughts on it. Now, as far as how you voted, again, the two choices. Yes, you think the Yankees are done making moves for the offseason, or no. In which case, if you want, then please comment and tell me which potential moves you still see them making. Out of the hundreds of votes that came in, hundreds and hundreds of you voted, the choice of no was victorious by earning 53% of the vote, and 47%, the remaining 47, voted for the choice of yes. So very, very close. Split almost right down the middle on whether you think the Yankees are done for the offseason or not. Okay. Let's hear those thoughts. Up first, down in the comments on Twitter, we have at Virginia Yank, and they say, Guardy seems like the likely choice, but I'll say Marwin Gonzalez and a reliever. Marwin Gonzalez. 
Well, I don't think the Yankees will get Marwin Gonzalez, but he does have a couple of big positives that come along with him. The fact that he can play literally any position you ask him to except for pitcher and catcher, so he's an unbelievable utility player. And also the fact that he happens to be a switch hitter, which whenever he would bat lefty, that would be a potential fill-in for the Yankees getting a left-handed bat. And I could be wrong, but I don't see the Yankees getting him. And as far as a reliever, they could still have something in store. Maybe a trade, maybe a small depth signing, much like the one I'm going to mention to you later on in Yankees news. But yeah, it could be possible. If there's absolutely anything outside of Gardner that I think is possible as a route they might take, I would say it's a reliever too, so it could be possible. Alright, next up we have At Peace Now For Life, and they say, I think they're done. I think they want to leave some room, money-wise, in case there's a glaring need at the trade deadline. I think they will start the season as is now. Yeah, I think they'll definitely have some financial room for the trade deadline if they want to make any changes to the team once that rolls around. I definitely agree with that. And yeah, if Gardner is not to return, then I too agree that they would be done, but... Gardner is, of course, a factor, and I do think the Yankees are trying their hardest to get him back, hopefully at a very friendly price. But if they don't, then I don't really see them doing anything either. I, too, think that what we see now is what we will be riding into the season with. Next is at Laker 477, and they say, I believe they're done, except for maybe re-signing Gardner if they can come to an agreement on a deal. Yep, that's what I've been saying. I completely agree. Up next is at Evan D. Wetzel 4, and Evan says, Roster space moves, Brett, and a relief pitcher, bigger moves at deadline if needed. Yeah, as I said before, the roster space is definitely a given. I also do think, of course, it's possible that they get Brett Gardner back, hopefully at a reasonable price, as I've been saying, and a relief pitcher, we've heard that from others, and I do think if there is to be anybody outside of Brett, I too think that it could be another relief pitcher. Who knows? I know lots of people are asking for Trevor Rosenthal out there. He's probably the best remaining one left. So many have come off the board even more recently, like Brad Hand, Alex Colomay, those guys are off the board now. But with Trevor Rosenthal, I'm not so sure the money would line up, so I'm not sure we're going to see Rosenthal as a Yankee, as much as I would like for him to be a Yankee because he's a great relief pitcher, but I just don't see it happening because of the money. And yes, as far as the deadline, as a prior reply said, yeah, it seems like you guys are on the same page with that. They could leave some wiggle room financially if they need to make a move at the deadline, but as far as this question, this is just strictly about the remainder of this offseason, which only consists of about another week and a half or so, as I said. Pitchers and catchers on the 17th, guys. It's right around the corner. Next is my good friend Tina at MountainGal456, and Tina says, I think they may have another move in them, possibly a bullpen move. Yeah, it could be. They could be out there for another relief pitcher. As I've said, outside of Gardner, if there is to be anything else, I think that the bullpen could be one more potential route that they're looking at. At CartonFan1 says, reliever slash middle infielder. Well, the reliever, as I've said, I certainly think could be possible, but the middle infielder? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe at the most, like, a very small depth move, but middle infield is pretty set with Glaber and DJ up the middle. And even though I really can't stand either of them for backups, you got Tyler Wade and Thyro Estrada still. And the Yankees, for some reason, seem to really like the both of them, especially Tyler Wade, who's really fast and plays good defense, but the guy couldn't hit water if he fell off a boat, so that's that. But I think the Yankees are all set as far as middle infield. Reliever, I think, if anything, could be a much more likely route. Up next is at SirGerm88, and they say the Yankees aren't done, but I could be wrong. Yeah, we all could be wrong. <laughs> Who knows? How about up next we have at Medic968, and they say technically they're not done until they clear a roster spot for O'Day, but I doubt Cashman is working on anything big. Maybe another relief pitcher or depth piece just to free up a roster spot. 
Yes, absolutely. Another mention of the roster spot. They definitely have to clear up that spot for O'Day. So as I said earlier, I totally agree with that. And yeah, whether it be another relief pitcher or just a depth piece, as I said before, maybe a trade for one of those two, that could possibly be the route that Cashman takes to clear up that roster spot. But yes, I agree. Outside of Gardner or maybe another depth piece, if anything else, maybe another reliever, as you said, while also clearing up that roster spot, I don't think Cashman's working on anything big either. I think for the most part, at least, what we see now is what we're getting this season. All right, let's keep going through these replies. Up next is at cdixon25, and they say, I don't think they're ever really done, but in terms of big stuff, I think we've seen the last of it. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's exactly what Cashman himself said too about them not ever really being done. I mentioned him saying that in his Zoom press conference from last week that I quickly recapped on last week's episode. And I agree that the team is really always a work in progress no matter what time of the year it is. You could obviously make your small moves throughout the regular season at some points. You can make your moves at the deadline. And then of course, duh, there's the offseason. But just for the sake of this question, speaking strictly from a standpoint of the remainder of this offseason, over the next week and a half until pitchers and catchers report, And in that time frame, I agree with you as well that I think anything big at least, outside of a depth piece, Brett Gardner, or maybe a reliever, as many have said, I too think that outside of those, the Yankees are done. And what we've got is what we've got, and I'm ready to run into the fire with it. As long as nobody breaks an ankle while they're running. All right, up next is Esvaldo Alcant S, and he says relief pitcher and Gardner. Yep, I definitely think Gardner's likely and a relief pitcher, possible. Possibly a trade to get a decent arm, clear up that roster spot, a depth move, whatever. At SportsD247-33772 says, With the exception of a re-sign of Guardi or small pieces, yes, they're done. Totally agree. Alright, a lot of people seem to be on a similar page as me with Brett Gardner and anybody else. I definitely think it's possible that they clear up a roster spot via a small trade, maybe, like some replies have said, but honestly, maybe not even that. Maybe they just DFA somebody to clear up that spot, put O'Day on it, and they re-sign Gardner. But then they would have to clear up a spot for him, too. So maybe they do make a trade and get rid of a couple of guys, or they DFA a couple of guys. Who knows? There are multiple ways to clear up roster spots. But it sounds like many people are on the same page with me, that outside of Gardner, they don't really see much of anything else happening. Next, we have at the underscore bleachers. God, I miss the bleachers in Yankee Stadium. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing with the fans being back. The bleachers, the crazy bleacher creatures being back. Or at least some of them. (laughs) But at the underscore bleachers says DeGrom for Tyler Wade. Well, I don't see why not. That would be a great way for the Mets to lose all their fans. (laughs) All right. Up next is at Robert Bertorelli. And Robert says maybe another reliever. Still possibly sign Gardner. Yeah, could be. You've had many others say the same thing. At Musics NDMD says, I think they'll work things out and sign Gardner. Yeah, I think so too. So long as it's a team-friendly deal. One year, two, three million, as I said. Not much more than that, though, because then you're getting into territory that I would not be okay with. Even as someone who is more than willing to give Gardner that final season in pinstripes that I feel he deserves. Next is at Robert Perubsky, and he says, no, they'll bring back Gardner and sign one more relief pitcher, which will either be Shane Green or Brandon Kinsler. Yeah, Shane Green is another one out there. That's right. Former Yankee Shane Green. A Shane Green reunion. It's certainly been a while since he was a Yankee. That would be very interesting. He put together some solid seasons since he left the Yankees. I'm actually pulling up his numbers right now. In 2015, when he left and went to the Tigers, his first year and his second year gone were not fun. 688 ERA in 2015 and 582 in 2016. 
2017, 266, so that's really good. Then 2018, 512, so it went way up again. Then 2019, he split time with the Tigers and Atlanta. In his time with the Tigers, he put up a 118 ERA, but then with the Braves, it was 401. Combined, it's 230. And then last year in 2020, in the shortened season, appeared in almost half the games, 28. And his ERA was just 260. So he's had some good years since he left. So a reunion could be interesting if they could get him back at a very convenient price. Now that I'm looking at it, even when he was a Yankee back in 2014, he only had a 378 ERA. That's not bad at all. It's not great, but it's not bad. So yeah, at a convenient price, that might be very interesting. I'm pretty sure I mentioned him on prior shows whenever I was talking about the reliever market, but as of today and right now, yeah, you just reminded me of that name. Would you be down for a reunion with Shane Green? Let me know. Let me know down in the comments if you're listening on YouTube or hit me up on social media. Let me know. Would you be down for a reunion with Shane Green? Very interesting. Up next is at J. Jonide, and they say, I think maybe Rosenthal, but other than that, that would be it. Yeah, as I said before, I know a lot of people are mentioning Rosenthal and are talking about how much they would love him, and I would love Rosenthal too, but unfortunately, I don't think he fits financially. So yeah, I don't see that. I think it's much more likely you see Brett Gardner come back. But I would love Rosenthal. I would love him. Next, we have at AE47 underscore, and they say, I think they're done. Depending on what site you use, they have about 7.5 to 10.5 left to work with before crossing the threshold. Need to save some of that for call-ups, but leaves money to afford whoever they want at the deadline. Yeah, it's pretty crazy that depending on what site you use that you might get different information from another website. But yeah, with the remaining money they have left, if they don't use it on bringing back Gardner or maybe getting a depth piece for the bullpen, a depth piece in general to help clear up the roster spot then yeah, I too think they're done and they would have that remaining money that they have to possibly use at the deadline, as some others have mentioned as well. At NYYFanForever96 says, they have to make room for Darren O'Day and Gardner if they re-sign him on the 40-man roster. Yep, as we've established, they do have roster moves left to do, so definitely agreed there. At Vincent Mondry says, Gardner and maybe an inexpensive bullpen arm. Yeah, could very well be. I'm inclined to agree, especially on the Gardner part, as you know. Up next... At Heaven BND, and they say, I think Guardy is coming back. Yeah, I do too. For a cheap deal, though. Hopefully. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Okay, we're getting lots of replies, and let's keep going. Up next is at Laura underscore Navens, and Laura says, I think they'll still add another starter and maybe bring back Guardy. Yeah, Guardy, I definitely see. Starting pitching, I definitely think in that arena, I think what you see is what we're going to get. I think they're set to go into the season with Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jameson Tyon, Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, Domingo Herman, and all of those guys. Maybe even the other options, Clark Schmidt, Michael King, the list goes on. So as far as starters, I definitely think they're done with that. But Gardner, definitely a much more likely possibility, hopefully for a cheap price. At XWTF, Johnny K says, no, we'll pick up a cheap lefty bat. Yeah, left-handed bats continue to be a need for the Yankees. I mean, not absolutely urgent, because if their lineup stays healthy throughout the entire season, we know the kind of one through nine they have, just straight up death, even if all of them are basically right-handed hitters. But having a lefty bat definitely wouldn't hurt, and it could be something they're looking into. I won't say it's impossible. All right, let's do maybe a couple of more. We've gotten plenty in today. At sports underscore fan, Chris says, still would love for them to re-sign Guardy. Yeah, so would I. At the right price, though. At the right price. At Chris Sippos says, we're going to re-sign Guardy at three to five million, but I think that's it. Uh, it's got to be a three. 
It's got to be three or less for me. Five million is a bit much for me. I got to stay hovering around two or three. At that point, I'd be totally fine with it and totally agree. All right, last one here on Twitter. At Yankees1958, and they say Guardy. Well, for a friendly price, you know I agree with that. But yeah, that seemed to be the general consensus here on Twitter. If they are to do anything, it would be Brett Gardner. Again, hopefully for a very cheap price just based on what he's worth at this point in his career and also what the Yankees are looking to do financially, stay underneath that threshold. And it would be awfully convenient for them if they could get Gardner on maybe like a one-year, two, three million dollar contract. Some people mentioned maybe a depth piece or maybe even a bullpen piece while also knocking off those roster spots that the Yankees need to put on Darren O'Day and also to put on Brett Gardner too if they're to bring him back. But yes, possibly bringing Gardner back, creating roster space, a depth piece or a bullpen piece, perhaps while clearing up space for that roster spot. We got some name drops for some potential bullpen pieces, like maybe a reunion with Shane Green. And I even saw elsewhere in the comments here in another reply that I couldn't get to, unfortunately, but also David Robertson was mentioned, and he'll be throwing for teams soon. He's 35 years old now. Many of you should remember him in his time with the Yankees as one of their best relievers for a lot of years. He had a lot of both good Good and just straight-up killer seasons for the Yankees. Really good stuff. 2008, when he first started, 534 ERA. All right, not good. But then 2009, 330. 2010, 382. 2011, 108. 2012, 267. 2013, 204. And 2014, 308. So in his time with the Yankees, then really, really good stuff. He would then go to the White Sox and even put up good numbers there. He spent three years there starting in 2015, where he put up a 341 ERA, 347 in 2016. And in 2017, he would split time with both the White Sox and the Yankees as the Yankees got him back that year. But in his time in the White Sox, he put up a 270 ERA. That was in 31 games with them. And in 30 games with the Yankees, after the Yankees got him back, he would put up a 103 ERA with them. In 2018, 323. And then after that, he would go to the Phillies on a two-year contract. And 2019 would be the first time since 2009 where he appeared in 45 games that he even appeared in less than 61 games in a season. From 2010 all the way up until 2019, he appeared in at least 61 games every year. He was always extremely durable and effective. But in 2019, while also posting a 5.40 ERA, he would only appear in seven games before going down to Tommy John surgery. He then tried to come back last year in the shortened season in his recovery, but then he had a setback in his recovery, so he didn't even pitch last year. So since he got Tommy John in 2019, he has not pitched in the major leagues. He will be throwing for teams, and I assume a ton of teams will have their scouts show up for that because of Robertson's past as being a very durable and effective reliever. And at age 35, still not having pitched on a major league mound since getting his Tommy John in 2019, David Robertson is, of course, a risk. And this comment mentioned him as a possibility for maybe being a reliever that the Yankees go after to end the offseason, maybe for a cheap price. And I could be wrong, but I just don't see that happening. I do fondly remember his time on the Yankees. He was great for them. As I said, he was very durable, was never hurt. He was always out there whenever and wherever they needed him. And much more often than not, he would get the job done. But his time on the Yankees, and I'm not sure how many of you remember this years ago, but his time on the Yankees didn't end well. And it was a couple of different things. For one, I think it was a mess with something with postseason shares. And apparently there were problems in the locker room too, so it just didn't end well. And I'm not sure he'd come back after that whole mess. Or if the Yankees themselves would even want him back. So, I don't know. If they like what they see, he could be an option, but... 
I don't see it happening. As far as how he always was with the Yankees on the field, I would not mind a reunion with David Robertson. And I've seen this guy in the replies here and many others throughout the Yankee community saying that they would not mind a reunion with him either. So although I don't see it happening, it could happen and I could be wrong, both for the reasons that I mentioned with how his Yankee career ended after he came back and also because of the risk attached to him. But then again, how many guys that the Yankees acquire that have risk attached to them? So it's kind of their MO this offseason. But 35 years old, coming off Tommy John surgery, hasn't pitched since 2019, there's a risk attached there. So that was something that I even wanted to address quickly because I see that in the reply here to my poll, and I've also seen it elsewhere as a potential bullpen option before the offseason ends, or maybe at some point throughout spring training if they decide they want to give it a shot. And it's relevant discussion because a bullpen piece is part of the potential that some people see the Yankees addressing, perhaps before the offseason comes to an end, and David Robertson could be an option. So we'll see. But as I said, that discussion is partially in response to a reply that I did not get to here on Twitter, along with many others who replied. And I do apologize for not getting to that reply and the many others I didn't get to. But as far as all of you overall, I want to thank you all so, so much, as always, for interacting with this week's poll segment on Twitter. It seems like a whole lot of us are on the same page. And hey, that's always awesome when that happens. And whether I got to your reply or not, or if you just want to read the replies for yourself, you know what you can do. Just head on over to my Twitter page, at Mike Scudero. Just scroll down on my timeline, find the poll tweet, and underneath those in the comments, you'll be able to see all of the comments for yourself. But again, as always, whether I got to you or not, I thank you so much for your replying, or even if you just voted, just thank you so much for participating in the poll this week. I get so much interaction every week, and I'm so lucky to have all of you guys. I am so appreciative of it, and the least I can do is remind you how grateful I am for each and every one of you on every single episode. And the same, of course, applies to all of you Instagrammers, which we still have to get to you, so why don't we do that? And over on Instagram, of course, the exact same question applies. Do do you think the Yankees are done making moves for this offseason? And although the results, like on Twitter, were extremely close between the two choices of yes and no, and of course if you said no, I told you to DM me the other potential moves that you see the Yankees making, but although the results were extremely close, like they were on Twitter, we did have a different winning choice. As here on Instagram, winning 55% of the vote, the choice of yes was victorious. Over on Twitter, the choice of no was victorious by earning 53% of the vote, and the remaining 45% of you who voted here on Instagram, of all of you who voted, voted for the choice of no. So a different winning choice between the two social media platforms, but the results still very, very close. Alright, let's just read a couple of replies here on Instagram. First up, we have Jake Montgomery 93 and Jake replies with a gif of Gardner. <laughs> so, alongside me and many others who also replied over on Twitter, Twitter, Jake also appears to think that the Yankees will still get Brett Gardner back. And I agree with that and still hope that it's for a very team-friendly price. Alright, I'm just going to end with my usual two here on Instagram. First up is my lovely girlfriend Vic Salimo, and Vic says, I think what we see now is what we've got. Can't freaking wait for spring training. God, amen there. That's my girlfriend. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, let's finish up as always with my amazing mother, Julia Gina Scudero. I may be a bit biased, guys, but those are a couple of my favorite people in the entire world, my girlfriend and my mother, and I just love ending the segment with them. What can I tell you? But anyway, my mom says, I honestly don't know what else they can do, but who knows what the powers that be might pull out of their sleeves. Whatever it is they do, let's get ready for spring training in a couple of weeks and a full-fledged baseball season we all deserve. Very similar to what Vic said, a fantastic reply to finish off on, and that's why my mom deserves to wrap up this segment nice and neatly with a bow. So with that being said, again, I thank you all so much for replying, whether you be on Twitter or Instagram, I don't care which one. Regardless of which one you interact from on the social media segments every Saturday, it's all the same to me, and I love each and every one of you to death. And again, if I didn't get to you, you know the deal. Just keep on replying every week, guys. I'll get to you at some point, but regardless, thank you so, so much as always. And with that being said, let's wrap up the show with our very brief Yankees news segment today. We only got a couple of quick things to talk about. Very slow week this past week in Yankees news. And it all really happened on Tuesday night. And it all began with the Yankees making seemingly another depth move out in the bullpen by signing a man by the name of Kyle Bearclaw to a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. And it's interesting because when you first look at this guy's name, you think it's pronounced like something along the lines of Bearclaw. Baraclaw or Baraclaw. It's B-A-R-R-A-C-L-O-U-G-H. But it turns out it's pronounced like Baraclaw, like a bear's claw. So Kyle Bearclaw. Very interesting name indeed. And for those who have no idea who he is, I figured I'd give you some background on him. He's 30 years old, he's been in the league since 2015, where he started out the Marlins, so he would be there from 2015 up until 2018. 2018 was his last season there. And in his first three seasons there, especially in 2016, he put up some pretty good numbers. In 2015, in his first year, he only appeared in 25 games, which isn't awful. He just started out, but even in those 25 games, he pitched to a 259 ERA. And then in 2016, he appeared in 75 games, 50 more games than the prior season, and he put up a 2.85 ERA. Then in 2017, he appeared in 66 games and put up a 3 ERA, 3 on the nose. 2018 was a bit of a rougher season, 4.20 ERA in 61 games. And then in 2019, he would actually go to the Nationals. He'd spend some time there. He appeared in 33 games with them and pitched to a 6.66 ERA, so not good. And he would also split time that season with the San Francisco Giants, and he appeared in 10 games with them and pitched to a 2.25 ERA, so much better putting up an overall ERA in 2019 of 561 with both teams combined. Last season in 2020, for the shortened season, he was with the San Diego Padres, but he actually didn't even get around to pitching in a major league game. So last season, he didn't pitch at all. So the last time he pitched was 2019. So really solid at the beginning of his career in the first couple of years, and then from 2018 and on, all the way up to now, he started to taper off. With the exception of those 10 games he appeared in with the Giants, where he threw to a 2.25 ERA, which is good. And all throughout, even in his earlier years, he did also struggle with walks. Had a lot of walks per innings pitched. So even in the years where he was pitching pretty well, he did have that problem. But then again, and including in these years too, in 2018 and on, he really tapered off to the point where he didn't even appear in a major league game last year with the Padres. So it's iffy, I'd say. There's bad and good to look at here. But regardless, like a lot of the other moves that Cashman has made this offseason, a lot of depth moves, it's just a minor league contract. So if it doesn't work out, then it's fine. You just signed into a minor league deal and wasted little to no money at all on the guy. But if it does work out, 
that's fantastic, and you've still spent little to nothing. So another risk-reward situation, low-risk, high-reward sort of a situation. I assume we'll be seeing him quite a bit in spring training, so we'll probably be seeing him fighting for a roster spot to try to get onto the big league club. Whether he does or not is obviously yet to be seen, but he'll be fighting for that spot. And regardless of what happens, it's still just a minor league deal, so even if it doesn't work out, it's fine. You've wasted little to nothing. So on Tuesday, Brian Cashman with another depth move in the likes of Kyle Bearclaw. And we'll see how he makes out in spring training. And last but certainly not least for today with Yankees news before we end, we've got a Gio Urshela update. Basically a follow-up to the elbow surgery that he had a couple of months back. And if you remember when he got the elbow surgery, that was a surgery to remove bone spurs that gave him a bit of an issue in 2020. It made him miss a bit of time, but he came back and played out the rest of the season, and then in December, I believe it was, they finally decided to actually operate on it and remove those bone spurs during the offseason. Lots of people question why they didn't do it earlier, but of course we know in the medical profession that every doctor wants to do everything they can before resorting to surgery. Surgery is the last option. So unfortunately, timing-wise, they must have just determined in December, after a couple of months into the offseason already, give or take, that it was time to finally operate and remove those bone spurs. So they did. And after the surgery, they said that they're pretty sure that Gio Rochella would still be ready for opening day and nothing would really be in question. He'd be set to go. And although I know injury news already before spring training even begins is the last thing that anybody wants to hear, I'm right there with you. But this report basically confirms nothing that we didn't already suspect. There was a report that came out that although the Yankees still believe he'll be ready for opening day, which is still consistent to what they said a couple of months ago, they say that he may not be ready for the first spring training game. Now, that's fine with me. I mean, as long as he's ready to go a couple of weeks, maybe the latest after spring training begins, because spring training lasts for like a month. You have a whole month to get ready for the season. And spring training just contains exhibition games, so if they're not immediately ready, then don't rush them, obviously. He can still play for two and a half weeks in spring training and be all set for the regular season, which it sounds to me is what's going to happen. And that's fine. Again, if he's not ready for the first spring training game, that's okay. As long as he's ready for opening day, for the regular season, for what really counts. So not not being ready for the first spring training game has worried some people, but not really me. As long as he's ready for the regular season, opening day, that's what I care about. Be ready for what counts. And as long as the report has remained consistent, which it has, because they said he would be ready for opening day then, and they're still saying the same now, then that's what I care about. If he's at any point not ready for opening day even, then that's when I start to get a little worried. But as for now, it really still seems that there's not really any cause for concern. Don't rush the guy. He'll be ready for spring training whenever he's ready to go. And if he starts maybe about a week or two late, it's not the end of the world. He'll still have a couple of weeks to get ready and be all set for opening day, as it sounds like they're very optimistic with. So Eric Cressy and the rest of the injury staff seem confident that Gio will still be ready for opening day, even if he's not ready for the first spring training game. So we'll see what happens. But for those panicking that he's not going to be ready for spring training, the first game, just relax. It's not an urgent rush with spring training. The regular season is what matters. So hopefully, like with everything else he's given his input with, hopefully Eric Cressy is right about this too. Along with having faith with Kluber, Tyon, and even with what he actually announced a couple of days ago, I just wanted to mention this really quick now that it just popped into my head again, but he even said that he actually had Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton even change their off-season workout routine significantly by incorporating more yoga and much less weightlifting. So I mean, it seems like this guy, Eric Cressy, the head of the Yankees injury staff,
staff is really bringing about a lot of changes, and I'm really looking forward to seeing whether or not it has a positive effect on the Yankees' health this season, which, of course, I hope it does. So, if nothing else, really interesting stuff. Just please, please, and I'm probably going to do like a prayer circle sort of a thing again before the regular season gets underway, but please... Just stay healthy this year. Please stay healthy. I'm literally willing to get down on my knees and hold this microphone, bring it down to the floor with me, and just talk into it while on my knees praying that you stay healthy in 2021. Please. And if all this stuff is what helps the Yankees to stay healthy, then by all means, do it for the rest of time. But for now, until I have specific reason not to believe in it, I'm going to believe in Eric Cressy with Corey Kluber, even with evaluating Jameson Tyon. I'm trusting him with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton because, my God, do we all know what those two are capable of if they stay healthy. Doesn't even need to be said. So I'm trusting him with them, and I'm trusting him with this Gio Urshela update that he will still be ready for opening day. I'm trusting you, Eric. Don't let me down. But as for now, that is all for episode 82 of Yapping Yankees today, guys. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And no what you don't know. Next, we have Reckless Airwaves Radio. Get your latest uncensored, unlimited dish on everything sports. Interviews, featured podcasts, including Yapping Yankees, and much more. Anything goes on Reckless Airwaves Radio. Give them a follow across all social medias at Reckless Airwave, and check out their website, recklessairwaves.com. And our final shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, follow the mastermind behind the website. His name is Darren, and you can find him on Twitter, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias, at GruntTalksMLB. Special thanks to all of our friends at Grunt Talks MLB, Reckless Airwaves, and Ball 9 for always helping to spread the word about Yapping Yankees. And while you're busy following all of them on social media, also be sure, guys, to follow me on all social medias so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And I would also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're at it, why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 82 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. whoop de freaking do that and Halloween, both right at the bottom of my list of favorite holidays. <laughs> but I'll talk to you then when I come at you with episode 83 of Yapping Yankees. 
Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, enjoy the Super Bowl tonight, and try to stay positive. Because remember, with each passing moment, baseball gets closer and closer. Enjoy your week, my friends, and take care.